Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. Does anyone know who said that? Mahatma Gandhi. The OG 21st century living yogi. Okay, maybe not the OG, but definitely someone that lived and embodied the teachings of yoga, the Indian wisdom behind the Vedas. So I'd love for you to join me for this part two of our 10 timeless teachings. And listen, you do not have to be a self-identified curious yogi to gain some value from these teachings because what is yoga? It's the reunion, the remembering, the reuniting of our whole self, which is healing. And we are all on a healing journey. If you are on this planet Earth, there is healing to be done. So I invite you, wherever you are in your journey, wherever you are in your life, to sit and listen with attention to these teachings and possibly sit and contemplate what these teachings mean to you and how they can be applied and practiced and integrated into your own life. That is the purpose. What does Swamiji say? He says, I can give you the food, but I can't eat it for you. So take this as a delicious, healthy, helping of food to nourish your soul. But we can't just listen to it. We have to sit with it. We have to digest it, dissect it. What does it mean in your life right now? And I really encourage you to stay right till the end because there's a special treat just for you. And just because it's the last episode We're going to play that intro one last time. We're going to say goodbye to season one with some lightness, with some delightness. And I, as always, want to appreciate you and acknowledge you for being here with me on the journey. Enjoy these timeless teachings. It doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't matter what day it is. We can all continue to learn like we'll live forever, just like Gandhi said. Lots of love and light appreciation. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to A Curious Yogi Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, and these are my conversations with sadhaks, satsangis, and other spiritual seekers. Join us as we discuss and discover what it means to live a spiritual life and walk the yogi's path. Each week, you'll gain insights into your own practice as we share the stories and wisdom of those that walk the path with us. I'm so delighted you're here. Now let's get curious. A repeated teaching that I saw again and again throughout all the conversations in season one was that of moving towards truth. It's our job as the seeker, as the yogi, as Arjuna, who's moving towards that Krishna consciousness, towards that Uh, reunion and remembrance of that great whole self with the capital S that we are on that journey we have to continually make efforts towards truth using our discernment and dispassion and all the principles and tenets of the yogic philosophy and of the spiritual ways to reach towards the truth not the truth which is in the changing field but the truth which is unchanging and to demonstrate that i selected a clip from episode 12 with shika brilliant meditation satsang teacher living in new zealand 
And she's far out. I got to tell you, you might want to close your eyes for this one. But she not only reminds us to keep moving towards truth, but she so beautifully and eloquently outlines what a yogi is. So close your eyes and enjoy this one. Inquiry as the title of your podcast, The Curious Yogi. This is the inquiring being. This needs to um, always stay alert. And in this, it is not a linear process. Igniting that fire is fire. And it's we must get out of this kind of uh, linear process like as if we went through school that there's grade one, there's grade two, there's grade three. Of course, the deepening happens uh, and you become more and more established in that depth where you're not thrown by doubt that comes through just living in our body self and all that which the body engages with can throw, um, definitely throw doubt in your path. But it's not the sense that you need to progress in a linear way. Every challenge and every opportunity that comes is that uh, igniting force that can allow us to go deeper and deeper in to stand in our self-knowledge. The self-knowledge itself does not progress. Um, so it's only the uh, alignment with that and being established in that doubtlessly standing in yourself as that that matures for sure so remain ever fresh and I love the title curious yogi and this word yogi also I still haven't forgotten your question about mixed <laughs> mixed and unmixed but just let me say also about yogi originally the yogi who went into the forest and started to meditate was described actually as a scientist. It had nothing actually to do with religion at that time. It was the inner scientist and the instrument of their science was the opening the third eye, which means the power of perception to look within. In this practice, in this meditation practice, one became an unprejudiced observer. What does unprejudiced mean? Not getting, not taking yourself, not prejudging yourself to be what the mind has been conditioned to think that you are. So this inner looking, this opening of our higher perception, which means opening the higher perception in the mind, this can be ignited and remains lit. Unprejudiced observer. What a beautiful way to move with curiosity towards truth as that unprejudiced, unbiased, unconditioned, unaffected, pure being. Wow. Great, great lesson. And it really did show up again and again how much we really are invited and inspired to keep moving towards truth as the yogi, as the human, as the peace seeker. If we want that peacefulness, we have to move towards that truth with curiosity, with discernment, with dispassion. So I love that beautiful teaching. And for our next timeless teaching in 
part two of our 10 timeless teachings is to remember it comes from within. That which we are seeking is already there within you. It's been said already in these um, recap clips, but it was said again and again as well through all the episodes. But to speak to this, I selected a clip from episode 22 with Hallie Schwartz, where she just totally poetically, she's so well-spoken, she poetically speaks to how to know it right now in this here and this now. I think the words of wisdom that I would take away from this conversation for me, not just for the listeners, but something I want to remind myself is that I don't even have to travel a a, a quantum second away from my real nature to find my real nature. My, My real nature is absolutely and utterly always me. And it isn't later. It isn't tomorrow. It isn't if it isn't, but it isn't because it isn't when it's already absolutely present now all the time. And I guess the sadhana is just remembering, remembering, remembering. So uh, yeah, maybe just remember that it isn't tomorrow. It's right now. Uh, And uh, that way we realize how immediate the truth is, how immediate um, realness is. And uh, it's not a destination. She really takes the oversaturated or cliched quote of it's not a destination to a new level. That was such a delightful conversation. If you have a chance to go back and check out that episode 22. So our next lesson I want to spend a little bit of time on because it is a lesson or a teaching that kind of inspired this whole podcast and that is the importance of having a teacher or a guide and this teaching inspired the podcast because a lot of the guests on this podcast are friends and satsangis that I've met during my time in the ashram in India all following the same teachings of our guru and I remember when I went to India for the first time and I met my teacher and I didn't know what a guru was. I didn't know what an ashram was. Um, I just knew what a yoga studio was and that was my sort of stepping point into spiritual seeking. But as well, when I met my teacher and a lot of the episodes in season one have personal accounts of what it means to meet the guru, that compassionate love that is between student and teacher. So I want to stress the importance not of going to India and finding a guru because the student, like Joshna said in episode 25, she said that the guru finds the student when the student is ready. So to go on this kind of egotistical search to find a, a guru in India is not what I'm suggesting, but rather reaching out, make efforts towards that truth. For when we take that earnest action towards truth, towards our path, then those teachers, those teachings that are meant for us will come towards us. But we have to create the capacity within us, the real earnestness, the wholeheartedness to step onto this path so that the teacher will come. 
And in the interim, we connect with other teachers, yoga teachers, meditation teachers, communities, satsang, retreats, anything and everything that's going to inspire our consciousness to elevate the ascending of our vibrations. That's our job as we move towards dispelling the darkness from the light, which we need someone there. We need... We need, we require someone there to light the path in front of us. It's such a complex journey being a yogi trying to navigate the depths of the human and divine experiences. One doesn't go to medical school and not have a professor to teach the way. In that similar way, how can we be expected to dive so deep into the depths of our conditioning and our experience and our pain without the support? of a teacher who's there without an agenda just to guide us, just to offer back what was offered to them, just to shine that light of knowledge. It's so important and it's so essential. And again and again in these episodes, you'll see that. And I think just being open to that is such a beautiful first step towards being one with your teacher, finding your teacher and having that true faith and safety in the wisdom of your teacher. Well, I, I think like the answer is in the question, really. It's the teachings. Mm. teachings, And that's the same for yoga is there are foundational teachings that help us to remember that we are connected. And that, I mean, really, it's, as, it's really as simple as that. When you go to the teachings, you know, ceremony, ceremony is one of the things I would say that really changed my my life in a really big way because when you sit in ceremony guided by either you know the teacher or the elder in in our ways you know we sit in a circle and there's something about ceremony that opens up this uh spiritual space the spiritual place that vibration and that energy that portal or that doorway And then it's not just the teachings, but it's also the transmission of where they're coming from. In this case, my elder, who's been on the path for much longer than me, who's been immersed in the culture in ways that I wasn't immersed in the culture. And the transmission from her to me is also what what connected me to the teachings. So the teacher or the elder is oh so important. That transmission piece is so important because this is how we pass the teachings. We pass them vibrationally to one another from our our spiritual energetic pathways, what we have downloaded and experienced through the teachings or the science and also through our nervous system, because our nervous systems speak to each other the same way that underground the roots of trees, they have this communication. Uh, It's the same thing with people. So that is, I would say, those were some of the, the, the openings or the connection pieces for me was finding ceremony, meeting my elder whom I trusted, who did not have any kind of agenda towards me, you know, so it was a very safe relationship. I think that's also very important to state because when you're dropping into a place of 
connection to self and to community and to spirit, it's really important to feel safe um, on all levels because you're being guided further down the path by, by this person, right? Or by the, by the teachings. And then from there, you know, walking the teachings really means, um, for me, one of, one of the biggest things is being part of the community or the culture and, um, and also helping to create and keep the culture and the community alive and, and just like lit, you know? Wow, so clear, so clear. I really appreciate what Melina said about the energetic or the vibrational transmission of the teachings so that the teacher and the teachings really are the same essence. And when we think about it, I know for me, as someone that has a very sensitive nervous system, so much of when I started receiving the teachings of vedic wisdom and tradition and started making sense out of the whole gambit of a yogi's path so much of it was energetic when i first started going to satsang there was so much language i didn't even understand but in an energetic level i had a sense of inner peace of of just knowing that which my teacher is speaking is true because it's coming from that source so the teacher and the teachings are never separated actually it's just the appearance of two and it's really all one it's also great that melina touched on the importance of trust in the relationship between the student and the teacher i think that's especially important to note in this world that we live in right now with over information and accessibility to probably a lot of teachers that are not grounded and rooted in in the source of the knowledge And there is some hidden agenda or other underlying need. So if there's not trust between you and your teacher, perhaps that's not the teacher for you. In the book, I Am That, Nisargadatta says that someone, a, a disciple asked him how he became enlightened. And he really answers it simply. He says, I just listened to my guru. My guru told me to meditate and keep my attention on God. And that's what he did. And he became realized. But he could only do that because he had full, complete faith in his teacher. So I think it's really, again, interesting and something to contemplate on how we as individuals want to remain an individual, even in our sadhana, that the inquiry, of course, it has to happen Um, from us and we are the ones moving into inquiry and deeper contemplation and eventually samadhi but can we have faith in those that have gone before us can we have trust in our teachers and the wise ones that light the way and give us advice and and show us possibly the dark spots we hadn't noticed before so just really really consider where you're getting your information from, where you're getting your inspiration from, and who are those trusted teachers and elders in your life. Such an essential teaching and element of being on the yogi's path, which really beautifully transitions into the next teaching, which Melina touched on a little bit, and that was the importance of community, of sangha. 
For me, it's the satsangis, keeping good company. Swamiji said, It's better to be a deer in the forest dying of thirst than in the company of those that don't love and appreciate you. So when I say good company, it doesn't mean just being around those inspiring people because yes, that is an important element. But also that those relationships are reciprocal. That not only are you around those that are embodied in that truth, but that that truth is being shown back to you and reflected back to you through love, through understanding, through listening, through patience. Community is so, so essential. And for me, it's like my water. I need it. I so need good company. So to touch on these points, I've got two clips from two pretty extraordinary yogis in their own right. First one is coming from episode 11 with Shivnat. He talks about so much, even just in this clip, that can be of value to anybody that's seriously looking for inner peace because he is a master meditator and he talks about how to know your own self, but then he uh, uh, also touches on how important it is to be in good company. So take a little sip of water from our dear friendship. Yeah, I, I think the meditation practice is really key uh, that you're able to drop all the name and form, you know, on a regular basis in the morning and in the evening. And it's like the inner shower um, that allows you to see that you haven't gone anywhere. You're still there watching and knowing so all that can be added on to you and, and you don't then expect um, from other people that they should have the same awareness that you have so they're living a certain life of name and form that which is fine and you're able to associate with that but at the end of the day you're able to leave it and know that the truth of yourself is still there so i think meditation is key and of course all the practice of yoga and um, uh, everything that goes along with meditation to allow yourself to sit easily, the pranayams and the mudras and all that is fantastic because it allows you to sit easily in your meditation and drop the body and mind for a while and see the blessedness of your higher self, which is always there. Then you're invigorated to go back out there the next morning, uh, get up from your seat and uh, be inspired to do whatever needs to be done because it's coming to you and you're just addressing it as it comes along. So that, that was always my approach. And of course, then the company that you have at other times too, if you can be with those friends or those inspiring people like yourself uh, that always you know, lift the attention to the highest and you're able to share that with them, then that's a great delight. That adds a richness to your practice. Although it's a personal work, it doesn't have to be a solo work. There are others who appreciate the work too. And in their company, then you can, you can practice together and you can share your understandings and you can learn a ton from other people. Because everybody's mind is made differently. So when you speak, you express, they express their understanding of what you said. You see where, you're under, when, where your expression is incomplete or confused. And that, that allows a delight to enter into the sadhana too. So it's not a dry, insular kind of process that you're engaged in all the time. <laughs> 
Leave it to the artist extraordinaire to so poignantly demonstrate or illustrate what it means to be on the path of yoga with other yogis and how he expressed the richness. And I love how he said it's a personal work, not a solo work. So much of the pillars or the foundational teachings that we learn about even in teacher trainings is from Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. And nowhere in there does it say in the eight limbs of yoga, hang out with other yogis. (laughs) But I think Shiv pointed to it so perfectly that we need each other. We really, really need each other. And this has come up again and again. Just like in this next clip with an amazing friend and sadak and uh, teacher, my friend Cora, or his is, is known by his Hindi name, Vijay Sham, coming to us from Denmark. He also talks on the point of having good company or no company. They are supposed to crumble, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always, I always try to keep something in my bag that I, I can read. Some uh, it can be Rumi, it can be the Gnostic Gospels, it can be Swamiji's books, it can be many things, you know, anything that is that I, what, I, what I would call truth, which I think all deep seekers, genuine seekers in the world of all traditions have come to that point. Um, I always try to keep something like that around, then I try to always be aware to have good company or be alone, right? That is for the Shravan in a way, that's for the interaction. You know, once you start seeing this, you get Viragya with some of your friends, with many parts of society, many things, and you want to be more alone. And when you want to be with the people, it's people who understand what you're talking about. Um, and then some periods, yeah, you read a lot. Some periods, meditation is just so easy. And sometimes it's not easy. Yeah, you keep going through these processes. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to any experiences or times maybe recently or long ago where your sadhana did change, you know, your practices? That's the thing, it keeps changing. (laughs) It does keep changing and trusting I mean, it's like yeah, trusting that there will always be a breakthrough and it never comes where you expect it because that's the nature of a breakthrough. It never comes where you expect it, you know? So it's like suddenly you see something and you're like, my God, it's been staring me right in the face for the last <laughs> 20 years <laughs> and I have not seen it. You know, and once you see it, you can never unsee it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a funny example, but uh, it's uh, it's during a difficult time in the ashram. I was in my mind and struggling. It took me many months, and I wrote a letter to our guru, which he he often took letters. It took me a long time to write, and I was like, I'm standing on the. I feel I'm standing on this cliff's edge. Behind me is the world I used to know and everything I used to, that used to interest me or have importance to me is now like ashes. Front of me is the possibility of some kind of freedom and liberation. 
but I don't know what it is. And it's a kind of death. It's also a kind of death, but behind me is also a kind of death. <laughs> and I'm standing here and I, I can't move. So I wrote that to him, hoping for some good advice. And he just, <laughs> and he just wrote, thank you for your letter. It is all mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. Why can't you, why can't you give me some, something else? And, but now I'm like, yeah, that's the best advice I ever got. I was, there was no one standing on that cliff edge with this behind and that in front because there is no path. There is no person going from stage to stage. It's all an illusion. You are already that. What a way to emphasize the per point of good company to then be reminded it's all an illusion anyways. Such a good advice from Cora. And also a really good point about the breakthrough. Like it comes when you're least expecting it. So it goes back to those earlier points of trust, trusting the journey, opening our arms to all of it. And just because I want to stress the importance of good company for all the curious yogis, I've got one last clip from my very special friend Caro, a yoga teacher from the Netherlands who in episode 13 talked to us a lot about how to be in the world and listen to her final wonderful point about taking care of one another. And I also want to say I love this point of taking care of one another because at the end of satsang, every day Swamiji would say to us, take care of one another. It's such a beautiful message, and I know it's one Caro lives by, and it's one we can all be inspired by. I sometimes even feel it, you know, when I have good days, I go, wow, I didn't really worry about anything today. Like, is there really nothing to worry about today? You know, and, and then I, I get freaked out about it because I'm like, but I was really stressed a few days ago. So, you know, sometimes it's like checking in with yourself as well. Like it's totally fine to be, you know, happy and to have good thoughts. And, you know, sometimes you just don't have to worry and you can just live. And yeah, it's my wish for everyone, you know, to just, that we can be good for each other, good for ourselves, and that we create a nicer world to live in, you know, and that we can step away from stupid Brexit and, and you know, visa crap and, and, you know, closing borders and being awful to people just because they have a different color than us. And, and the same with animals, how we treat them because we think we're bigger and better than them. Um, I just, yeah. I just and I really feel and believe in that world that we can make that happen and it starts with us you know mm -hmm. I believe it too I'm glad yeah, it's, always, it, it's always it's always just inspiring to to meet others so that we can reflect and be on the path together and yeah keep, keep the torch burning you know Totally. And, and give that torch over to others as well. You know, like, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'll have the torch now. And then you give it to someone else, you know, it's like, um, yeah. To me, and it's beautiful what you're creating. And I, that's another thing that's also so fun about you and your podcast. And 
I think it's one of the most important things to have in life is to be curious. Mm-hmm. Because if you're curious, you'll have the best adventures. You know, a person that's curious will always be like, you know, ooh, I want more. I want to know this. I want to know that. And and you explore and you're, you know, you're just on this, yeah, on this curiosity journey. And I think that that's a, a, a very wonderful, yeah, it's a very wonderful skill to have, you know, to be curious especially in combination with with yoga it's a quest you know it's 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 yeah it's like a journey yes caro it is a quest and it's a quest we cannot do alone that's why we got to take care of one another which leads us into the 10th and final timeless teaching which I mean, you can't choose favorites and no teaching is better than the rest. We can lean on all these pillars at any points in our lives. But the final teaching that I wanted to share with you is the power of choosing love. It's cliche maybe and kind of obvious, but in the world of duality, in a world of suffering, in a world of anger and right and wrong, a world of fear, I think we have to consciously and earnestly continue to choose love over fear, compassion over judgment, and really just keep turning our attention towards that. And to speak on this with like mighty, mighty power, I've got another clip from episode six with Noah Heaney. He was featured in the previous Timeless Teaching episode as the bonus teaching. And I mean, I couldn't fit everybody into this, into these teachings, but Noah makes two appearances because he's so friggin' wise. So check out Noah's expression on how we can choose love even when we think we can't. You know, my slow transition towards where I am today went through many different battles. As I said, in those moments where I felt where the, where the dark was more powerful, what kept me rising up to not emphasize the pain was that defining moment of grace. That question that I still ask myself today, even though I'm free from drugs and alcohol, but I choose every morning we wake up with a choice. We can choose to suffer We can choose to allow ourselves to be victimized, or we can start to choose freedom, start to choose the company that I keep, the foods that I eat. So this is about empowering oneself. And ultimately, what I want to make very clear, that the problem is not the world. The problem is not the people in it. The issue at hand is the mind that I have identified myself with, the mind that has been shaped and my belief in whatever the mind says or feels. So it becomes not about blaming or condemning the world because the world is there, can be a great treasure and a great power for us to use when we know what the world is meant for, what our bodies and minds are meant for. What becomes important is how we go about doing that and the, the importance of making that choice. What basically do I want? Do I want to suffer or do I want to know myself as freedom? Because there is a state free from suffering. There is a profound state in which love is felt in every single moment. It's not the love between one or two or three. 
but it's the love that is oneness that allows us to recognize that love is the same in every single being. It's not the pain that motivates me. It's the love and the freedom that motivates me each day to make that choice for love, for freedom, and to be able to, you know, to share that with others. What greater gift is there to speak from that place of love, to see someone who is suffering and saying, I know where you've been and I know what works. And if you want, I can show you what has worked for me. I'm not here to teach you unless you want something to be taught. I'm here to show you what has worked and offer my journey and and guidance. And so that becomes what keeps me always emphasizing the light, that enlightened state, and not to give too much importance to darkness. However, I will say this. It was the darkness that allowed me to recognize the light. Had I not been in that state of darkness, I wouldn't have recognized the light of grace coming in. And so now my life is much more enlightened. There are challenging times for sure that come up, but it's how we, how we interpret those challenges. The love of oneness, the same love shines through us all. And to just solidify our final message, our final teaching of love. I have one last clip for you from episode 14 with Farah Nazarelli, a beautifully spoken teacher and satsangi whose life experience has brought her so much wisdom and compassion for the human experience. I would highly suggest listening to the episode in full, but here she just really hammers home our final point of how we can plug into the greater source of love. For me, the essence of yoga is about plugging into a greater source of love. And and we all have access to love. You know, you don't have to be a yogi and do asanas to have access to love. We all, as human beings, know how to love and we all can receive love. And so I would encourage people to think about what is it that brings us closer to love in our life whether that's reading wisdom or being in nature or feeling on purpose in the work we're doing you know whatever really puts us in touch with a grand source of love is is probably an indication that we're on the right path well that's it my dear curious yogis it's a beautiful question to contemplate as we wind up not only these timeless teachings but this year for me this podcast season How do we know, what are those indicators that we are plugged into that greater source of love, that we're on purpose and and on the path that's meant for us? And just to sum up our teachings, just to sum up and to quickly sum up our timeless teachings, we've got 
And to sum up our timeless teachings, let's be reminded of the importance of not only hearing these teachings or reading these teachings, but integrating these teachings through practice, through living them in our daily lives. The acceptance and integration of your whole self, your commitment to the practice and finding your path, prioritizing stillness and silence and meditation, knowing yourself as divine, one of my faves, surrendering to that which is holding you. That's our peace on trust and faith. Going towards truth. Keep your attention on that which is truthful and unchanging. Remember, it comes from within. We can never seek that which we are seeking from without. Find your teacher and the teachings which are meant for you. We need that teacher, that guru, the dispeller of darkness. The importance of good company and taking care of one another. Mm, Yes, and finally, choose love. Even when you think you can't, choose it anyways. Even when it's hard, choose it anyways. We keep our attention on all of that. So I really honor you. I acknowledge you for being here, for listening to this show I invite you to leave a review, to email me yoga at bobbypaydell.com and just let me know your thoughts on the season, uh, what you'd hope to hear next season. I can't wait to take a break for a little while here and just get re-inspired and go deep into my own uh, contemplation of these teachings and what's going to unfold next for me on my personal journey. And I thought to leave you with one last little gift here, a treasure from episode one with my friend Herdaya, who helped me inspire this podcast. Not only is she a brilliant teacher, but she's a beautiful singer. And she leads us into meditation with this beautiful song, acoustic guitar, mantra. So I invite you to spend the next five minutes practicing what we've heard by closing your eyes sitting somewhere comfortable where you can feel your spine elongated and really allow yourself to move into that space to know yourself as that divinity and listen to this beautiful song and i wish you well let's always remain connected and united in the oneness that is there behind closed eyes beyond any Reality of podcast or no podcast.
Thanks for listening to this episode of A Curious Yogi Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really, really helps the show reach more people. Or share on social, and of course, follow on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss an episode. I appreciate the love, and I appreciate you. Let's stay curious, connected, and keep walking the yogi's path together. In oneness and delight, This is Bobby signing off until next time.